Womance is excited to bring a new story into your lives. Into Her by J.A. Huss, available now at audible.com. The three perspectives, that's right, three perspectives of our central characters are brought to life by Savannah Peachwood, Teddy Hamilton, and Tad Branson. When AJ and Logan walked into Yvette Nightingale's bar, they didn't expect to be there long. They certainly didn't expect to be dancing with her, having sex with her, or spending the night with her, because they were sent there to kill her, not fall for her, not feel sorry for her, not want to take care of her or protect her or be into her. Be inside her. Right? But sometimes people enter your life for a reason. Sometimes they even enter at the very moment you need them most. And Yvette Nightingale needs AJ and Logan. She needs them even more than they need her. Whoa. <laughs> if that doesn't already have you on the edge of your seats, please enjoy this preview of the audiobook now. Chapter 1. Yvette. The bell above the door jingles and a rush of wind blows the snow in. Two men come with it. Shit, I sigh under my breath. I was just getting ready to close. All the tourists from the nearby ski resort went home early this morning to beat the storm, and the bar has been dead since lunch. Apparently, these two didn't get the memo. I'm just saying, the tall, rough one with the blonde hair says, It's just a fantasy. The other one looks right at me and growls, Would you shut the fuck up? In a very low, very threatening whisper that makes my stomach clench for some reason. He's talking to his friend, not me, so I don't know why I have that reaction. But then again, I know why. It irritates me, though. They both take a seat at the bar while I glance at my phone so I can pretend I've got some very important text conversation going. I even pretend to type. Normally, I'd be hospitable and welcoming, but I'm not feeling very normal today. I've had too much to drink, too much time to think, and I'm tired. The storm has been brewing just down the mountain for most of the day, so I've got no cell service and no internet— But I'm nothing if not a pretender. My lies have been such a part of me for so long, this comes second nature. I'm also pretty good at improvising. My bar, the Snow Bunny, is the only stop on the western side of the mountain until you get all the way down to Pagosa Springs. In the winter, we are super busy Thursday afternoon through Sunday afternoon, especially when the snowpack at Wolf Creek Ski Area is this awesome. Lots of locals come in during the week, too. Plow guys, truckers, local cops, male people, or male person, since we only have one up here. But it's Sunday evening now. The snow has been falling steadily for almost four straight days, and it's supposed to pick up as the final front comes through overnight. Anyone with sense has probably decided enough is enough and gone home. So I've been bored, just counting down the minutes until I can close. And now I'm annoyed with the two strangers who just walked into my bar and ruined my plans. At just under 12,000 feet in elevation, people who live and work up here pretty much do whatever the fuck they want, whenever the fuck they want to do it. And I count myself one of them. That's the perk of living on the top of a mountain in the middle of a dangerous switchback pass. 
There's no other reason why anyone would bother with all the inconveniences of living in such an isolated place. Well, there are two other reasons, really. One, they are ski bums. They live, breathe, and eat skiing. That's mostly who lives up here in the winter. But the locals aren't ski bums. We're here for reason number two. We want to be left alone. These two who just walked in are not locals. I know that for sure because I know everyone around here, and they know me. When I look up at them again, they're having a tense, whispered conversation. I decide to move things along and say, Can I get you something? The rough one drags his eyes off his friend to stare at me. His blue eyes are too blue. The kind of blue you see in photographs when someone's gone a little crazy with the Photoshop. The kind of blue that draws you in and makes you speechless. The kind of blue that puts you under a spell so you can't look away and warns you not to look, all in the same moment. What, I say, because I don't fall for spells. I don't get lost in the eyes of strange men, and I take looks of warning very seriously. He smiles, and the spell evaporates. Thought so, motherfucker. He holds up two fingers and a V sign and says, Two jacks, no ice. I nod and turn away to grab glasses, put them on the bar, and pour them each two fingers of jack. Then I look at the other one, the suit guy, and slide the glasses over to them, keeping my distance. Thirty bucks. The suit guy glances up at the chalkboard above my head with the drink prices, then lifts an eyebrow at me. Like, really? But I don't care. If I overcharge them, they'll get their shit together and leave. Get off this damn mountain while they still can and leave me alone. Blue Eyes pulls a 50 out of his wallet and throws it down. Keep it all, he says, then tucks his wallet into his pants and turns away to whisper at his friend so I can't hear. Whatever. I grab the 50, shove it in my apron pocket, and walk around the other side of the bar so I can start stacking chairs on tables, dropping a not-so-subtle hint that they should drink their jack and get the fuck out. We've done it before, I catch blue eyes saying, what's the big deal? I glance over as I stack my chairs and find suit guy looking right at me. He says, this is different. This is fucking business. And then as he continues to stare at me, he downs his drink in one gulp and says, another. I already don't like him and this is starting to piss me off. But I have found that when people put on a power display like he's doing now, it's much easier to go along amicably. It gives people the opportunity to forget you, to move on, to take that attention you didn't mean to draw and focus it somewhere else. So I smile, nod, and walk behind the bar, grab the bottle, and meet his expectations. You as well? I ask blue eyes. He hasn't touched his drink, but he lifts it to his lips now, shoots me a wink, and then downs it like his friend. Sure, he says, sliding his glass towards me. I pour and slide it back. Just come on, man, he says, looking at me. 
It'll be fun. And I'm thinking, what? But he's not talking to me. He's talking to Suit Guy. Not tonight, his friend growls. Again, I get that feeling in my stomach that something is off. Something is happening here, and I'm about to miss it. That will not happen. I don't miss anything. So I say, listen, guys, in my most fake, most pleasant voice. I'm about to close up, and the snow's coming down pretty good now. You might want to get where you're going while you still can. The hour's on the door, so you close at nine, Suit Guy says. Well, I say, trying to keep that fake easiness going. I've changed my mind about the hours on the door. And since I own this place, I can do that whenever I want. Blue Eyes ignores this whole confrontation and says, Come on, Logan, relax. And then he gets up, walks over to the jukebox, slides in a bill, and starts picking songs. I force myself to take a deep breath, because this situation could go bad fast. I'm alone here. There's a blizzard brewing outside. No one is even out on the highway just past my parking lot, because for sure it's been closed down for the storm by now. You can still travel on it if you have to, but go far enough down the mountain on either side and you're going to end up at a roadblock. Which means there's no chance some random trucker will drop by and the locals aren't stupid enough to get stuck in this shit weather. So no one's coming through my door to break this little party up. I look over at the bar where I have a gun stashed and wonder if I should just overreact and put an end to this now or take the wait and see approach. But just as I wonder that, ladies love country boys comes blaring through the speakers and Blue Eyes takes off his coat, throws it across a bar stool and starts shuffling his way across the floor, thumbs hooked in the front pockets of his jeans. Suit guy groans loudly. Logan, I correct myself, recalling his name. Come on, Blue Eyes says. Have a little fun with it. Is that what they were arguing about? Line dancing? Logan shakes his head and looks back at his drink. Blue Eyes says, How about you? I look at him, find him grinning, and realize he's handsome. And now that I take a moment to really study him, he does have that rough cowboy look going. Maybe he is local, and this other guy is just a visiting friend. He doesn't have a cowboy hat or anything like that, but he's got a barely there shadow on his angular square jaw, dark blonde scruffy hair, and the body of a man who works for a living. He's wearing faded blue jeans, a tight, long-sleeved white thermal that shows all the muscles it's trying to hide underneath, and well-worn cowboy boots on his feet. Take a spin with me. Wow! I think it is so exciting to be able to feature a romance novel that has three perspectives like this. This is something that we have definitely been calling for in our own show. And I'm also really excited because J.A. Huss is such a GD professional. No kidding. Her audio work in particular has been nominated for awards. She has an incredibly deep body of work. And five of her books were optioned for a TV series by MGM 
um, in 2018. So what, what? you definitely want to be ahead of the curve once those TV series come out so that you can say, oh, I've been into J.A. Huss for years. You guys are all a bunch of J.A. Huss posers. That's right. So you can get on the train with Wendy, who said, Huss delivers erotica within a well-plotted tale, making the sex scenes an integral arc within the story while not detracting from the characters or main plot. Or MJ, who says, the trysts the three main characters have with each other, and I'm talking a full-on MFM, <laughs> FMM kind of experience. That means the boys kiss. We're off. <laughs> the charts hot. I don't know where Huss gleans all of the knowledge she puts forth at her book. <laughs> Wink. But holy moly, it is executed perfectly. I inserted that wink, but I feel like I was interpreting the text for our listeners. I was going to say. MJ posted on Amazon reviews. MJ definitely winks. MJ is winking at us. So anyways, if you are interested in checking out Into Her, like Isabeau and I are, please check it out. It's available now on Audible Com. And thank you so much for your support of the podcast. Mwah. Mwah.